Welcome to episode 132 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, my resource on repeat, this was kind of for last week, so I know it might be a little bit late for Thanksgiving, but I think you can find something similar for Christmas too. I managed to do all of my sessions with only two resources, which mm. is kind of a big deal because I have everything from literally three-year-olds to 18-year-olds at the moment. (laughs) So whenever I can make this work, it works great. So my resource for all of my older kids was um, Stacey Krause has some speech libs is what she calls it, Mm -hmm. but it's mad libs for speech. And for my kids working on articulation, she has a companion activity that's broken up into all of the articulation sounds and then all of the speech areas. Um, parts of speech so you can fill in the Mad Lib. And for my kids that are working on more of language goals, I talk to them about the different uh, parts of speech because lots of them have no idea what an adjective is, an adverb that all went over their head. And then I use like maybe a um, tier two vocabulary list and we fill it in using that. And then we can talk about, does this word fit here? Why doesn't this word fit here? We can use context clues and say Mm -hmm. what word would fit there. Uh, So that works really well for my older students. And then for my younger students is go-go speech. She has one for like every season, every Mm -hmm. um, holiday, all of them. So last week we did um, one of her turkey ones where the turkey lost all of his feathers. And then they were hiding in different dishes for uh, some woodland creatures Thanksgiving party. So it worked really well with my students. You know, I used it for articulation. Uh, there were lots of S blends in there. I have one student that's having a really hard time with categories. So we talked about like, oh, this feather fell in all of the foods that are green. What are some other foods that are green? And so that worked really well and it was really versatile. So it was nice. I only pulled up out two activities and did a whole, I only had two days worth of therapy, which was so (laughs) good (laughs) coming back from ASHA. (laughs) But that's what I made uh, make work for that week. I I think that's great. We can only use two resources and have every, all your needs met Mm -hmm. and not jumping back and forth. And Abby, I know we re we used one of our previous episodes where Abby came on and Talk to us about go-go speech in the early days. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, I think maybe early next year, uh, maybe January, February, we'll try to get her back on and give us an update mm-hmm. on everything that's been going on with with her and go-go yep. speech. Yep. I know that um, she's working on a subscription-based thing. Mm-hmm. So you can still purchase her activities individually. Uh, if you weren't in her membership before, um, but, and she's working on something new, but I, I, there's no way that she could have kept the pace that she was going because <laughs> right, she had, right. she had, so, there's a huge bank of resources that she all created in like the space of less than a year, I think. Yeah. So exactly. there's a lot to go back and, and look at and a lot to look forward to with her too. Yep, exactly. And, and speaking of someone who's developed all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Who do we have on? 
So I'm working through our list of people we met at ASHA, and we're so excited to have some of these people on that we've heard of for a long time and got to make connections with. So, And Hallie Sherman is one of those. She is founder of subscription-based service SLP Elevate. She's a children's book author. She's a podcaster. Mm-hmm. She's all the things. So we're yep. excited to hear from her. Great. Let's hear from Hallie. Hey, we want to welcome Hallie to the podcast. Hallie, tell us about how you got into speech-language pathology. Ooh, good question. So I lost count on how many years ago. I'm going to say 15 plus. I was that typical undergraduate student in college that had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I went for every possible generic class possible. Business, almost failed that one ironic Mm -hmm. that nowadays, whatever. And then I met someone in my hallway that said, I'm going for speech therapy. I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. And my mother always was pushing me to be a teacher. I'm like, I'm not a teacher. Like, I can't be in a classroom, 30 kids. How am I going to the bathroom all day? That's not for me. When I heard about speech therapy, I was like, hmm, interesting. So I started taking some classes in undergraduate. And for someone who was like that, like, Typical B student, fly under the radar. I'm not going to try that hard. All of a sudden, I was like in the library studying. (laughs) I was motivated by it. I'm like, let's do this. And I just realized it was something for me. And I just jumped right in head first, ready to go. And ever since then, I was just loving it and loving just, I was a sponge, just wanting to be doing everything, getting the best, be everywhere and just constantly learning. And when I was, and I'm from New York, if you can ask yourself by my thick little island accent, and I'm talking with my hands clearly. (laughs) <laughs> and the job market when I got into the field was hard to get into the public schools. So I was hopping job to job, feeling a little down to myself. And I finally got myself a job with fifth and sixth grade students. It was a leave replacement, no guarantee of a future there. And I had no idea what I was doing. And so I turned to Google at the time. There was nothing out there. There is a popular company that sells resources in big boxes that are colorful. There was nothing there for older speech students. Yep. So I realized if I needed stuff for older speech students and there's gotta be, and there's nothing out there. So I started, so I started blogging. I created my own blog spot, like DIY it like to the T. And I figured it was like a little journal for my, it was more for myself, like, you know, down to myself that I'm not getting a steady job. So I started just blogging some, activities I was doing with my students. This is back in, oh my goodness, 2012, before Pinterest, before any SLPs were really on Teachers Pay Teachers. And people found my blog. And I was like, wow, I'm inspiring others. And that's when I started opening my Teachers Pay Teacher store and started creating resources. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I realized not only do people want resources, they want to learn how to use them. And that's yeah. when I started doing professional development. And people didn't want to go to a a workshop with someone who hasn't been in the field or worked in a school setting for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. Or, oh, that was great if you only worked one-on-one. Right. That's when I started doing some professional development, teaching SLPs how they can use what they have, don't have to reinvent any wheels, and it could still be fun, engaging, and get the job done with their any student, but especially their older speech students, since there was not much out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then is that when it turned into the SLP Elevate? 
So that was even even after that. So I first okay. started with first I started with a blog, and then I started my teacher's based teacher store. I kind of like just kind of ripple affected after that. Like mm-hmm. I, I realized it was just more and more need, and I just loved being able to share and provide and inspire other SLPs. So that's when I started my professional development. That's when I started the speech retreat conference, which is now it was in person, but is now virtually three times a year, where we just provide practical professional development six hours. It's a celebration where you can have a photo booth and there's games. We feel like Oprah, like everyone's like getting a prize of some sort. <laughs> it's just a, like a way it's almost like as if you're in person, but not, I mean, you can do it in your pajamas, which is even better. And then that's when I realized, okay, I have 500 resources in my teacher's pay teacher store. I'm yeah. giving this professional development. How can I combine the two? How can I teach SLPs how to take either what's given to them or what they have and make it work and do SLP magic. And that's when I started SLP Elevate, which is my membership for resources for SLPs working with grades four through 12, because that's really my expertise and where I find my zone of genius. And I can say, hey, you can take any article, anything. It's a matter of knowing why you're using it. Is it appropriate for that student and how to make it fun and engaging and get the job done? That's when I started Elevate in 2021-ish. I, I've been so impressed. And I know you were doing this before COVID, but mm-hmm. it, it definitely seems that over the past uh, two to three years that uh, entrepreneurialism uh, has has sort of taken over a lot of SLPs. I think they, you know, being at home and, and having to stay at home and, and work from home <laughs> uh, these past couple of years I think many of them have have started to reevaluate their work life balance and thinking about what else can I do and and seeing these opportunities and becoming entrepreneurs, which is you know really exciting. So uh, you've you've been doing this a lot longer, and so are you seeing the same thing? Yes, yes. I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because, like I said, I started <laughs> blogging. Who knew that there could be money involved yeah. and like I could be making such a difference. But there is so much out there and so potential. There's there's so much need for either trainings, resources, support. There's so much of, that is needed for SLPs that SLPs can provide it. I know for me, it's not, especially now. I mean, especially two years ago, I couldn't find a babysitter. So how was I going to do private cases and going to, into homes after schools? It's right. easier now to either do teletherapy or provide professional development or create resources from resources from home in my pajamas while watching Bravo. Like that was <laughs> what I'd prefer doing. So, yeah, so. and I think too, thinking about that, it's kind of a buzzword now. But that residual income, that or passive mm-hmm. income, the, mm-hmm. pa- the income that I'm not having to go and see a client every day. Like you said, I can, you know, be with my kids and still earning money without physically having to go and work. And I think that's something that I know I feel like I need to figure out more. And I think as speech language pathologists, we all need to figure out more because Mm -hmm. of things like, you know, we have that whole summer where if you're a contract employee, you're not getting paid (laughs) or, Mm -hmm. or where you have that extra time to kind of, you think about how can I be making money and not have to see a student. And Uh, there's so much of of things out there, even now the world of virtual assistants, there's so many entrepreneurs like like speech entrepreneurs that are mm-hmm. needing people to assist them to help run and grow their businesses 
Mm-hmm. I'm having people behind the scenes helping me with making the resources and helping mm-hmm. me with answering customer support questions. So there's so much out there that you don't always have to be just seeing more clients. Right. Right. You can make making so much more of an impact and mm-hmm. reaching more people in different ways. Yeah. And I like that because I think that sometimes I think a speech language pathologist that we feel like we're only making a difference if we're seeing clients. And I like how you talked about that. I can have a wider reach teaching other people how to do what I do than I can just seeing my one student. Like I loved when we were at ASHA just a few weeks ago, seeing the thousands of SLPs saying, your resources helped me with my students. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, something that took me however many hours to make. And I, I, I use it with my own students. Mm-hmm. But they're able to then in turn use it with their 10, 15, 20, 30 students. And it's so much more than just me and my students anymore. It's how yep. can we all help each other and impact all of our students and all of our lives because I'm helping someone save time so they can go home and have enough energy to make dinner or play with their children and watch, watch Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, <laughs> like the things that we can do when we have the time to do it. Right, right. So if people are, I know you said that you kind of fell into it ex- accidentally, but if people are trying to think, how can I start to do this? How can I start to take the things that I have created for myself and, or that I want to create for myself but haven't, they're just in my head. How do you make that next step, that next leap? One, I would say, what do people come to me for? What do I what do I feel like I'm good at? What what lights me up? Like Arctic fluency, that's not my jam. If you ask me why do I not have that many resources in my TPT store about that? Because you don't want me to have that many resources in that. <laughs> like I'm like I have this stuff. I, I it's what I'm using with my own students, but I'm not that's not what lights me up. Mm-hmm. Inferencing, main idea, summarizing, all that like language comprehension and stuff. That lights me up. I can do that all day long in my sleep, like blindfolded with, you know, I can say many other scenarios, but (laughs) anything, that's what lights me up. So that's what I want to create. And there's so, especially now, like when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. So my first resources were ugly. Who cared back then? But now there's so many blog posts out there written by so many teachers, pre-teacher sellers and teacher entrepreneurs. It doesn't have to necessarily be an SLP. If you Google how to open a TBT store, there is dozens of YouTube channels, blog posts, podcasts about it. So much resources out there that all you have to do is like basically take a weekend, binge watch everything and just start. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just put it out there and you can always tweak it later as as you're learning and growing and getting feedback. So my advice is just, just do it. Just, just do it. Jump, just jump do in. It. Just jump in, do it, and know that like it is it might not be easy. It's gonna take time, mm-hmm. but over time it will get easier and it will take less time. Yeah. Right. So give us a little more information about uh SLP Elevate. Sure. So after having 500 resources in my mm-hmm. TPT store, people said, Oh, I wish I could just buy it all. Or I, I I can't decide which one to pick from. And I realized it was becoming another Google or another Pinterest. Like, here is a slew of resources. Where do I start? So I said, how can I take what I know and give SLPs exactly what they need each and every month so they're not browsing another vault 
of resources. Like the number one question I get is why is SLP Elevate not just like the inside vault into speech time fund resources? I'm like, because then you're going to still be overwhelmed and not know what to do with it. And you're not going to do anything with it. So instead, I was like, I'm going to give you every month exactly what you need. Here is some fiction articles, some nonfiction articles, some paragraph level stuff to work on main idea, inferencing, context clues, predicting every possible type of goal, and then show you how to adapt it for the other goals that it might not be targeted within that month. And every month is based around a high interest theme because we know older students, they are easily bored. Let's yep. just put hard to motivate. <laughs> They've yep. been, I like to call them lifers. They've been in speech forever and they're like, I am bored and done with this. Get me out of here. Like, what is, where do I sign? Like, I've had students literally come to me and say, I didn't sign up for this. Yep. And, and then I, and after my first session with them, they say, okay, when do I get to come back? It's about knowing their interests, tapping into also, I also like to call it the Goldilocks rule, where it's not too easy, but it's not too hard. Finding that sweet spot in the middle where the student, your students are not going to be like, this is babyish. Why, why am I doing this? Like, why is there a cute bunny on there? Or why is this? This is too challenging. Just like in the classroom, I'm going to go sharpen my pencil or go to the nurse or avoid or curse you out. <laughs> we don't want that either, right? So you want that sweet spot where they say, oh, this is actually like something where I, 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 could, I got this. I could do this. I can be successful. And it's on a topic that like, I I probably know more than my SLP in. Like, so I've, I, so uh, themes we've done in the past, anime. I know nothing about anime. Uh, superheroes, video games, social media. Like January is going to be YouTube. Things that like our students are talking about into, that's what they're, texting their friends about they, they can feel knowledge they have the background knowledge on that topic so you don't have to like teach them something new first before even reading the article they can teach you something that's even just so empowering like they can teach me about naruto and and dragon ball z and all these people i have no idea who they are <laughs> don't quiz me on them i will get it wrong maybe naruto i think i've learned the symbol on his headband thingy but um <laughs> Giving them ex- giving SLPs exactly what they need to that will also motivate their students. That's also at the appropriate levels and showing them how to use it. I found that SLPs have said, "You've taken me th- things. Planning used to take me hours, and now it takes, it takes me minutes." My yeah. students are now excited to come to speech. My students are making progress. My students are asking, "What's the next theme?" Those are the com- comments I'm getting now from well, the SLP members. Yeah. And we have so many, so much research with younger kids is where it's been focused on that those theme-based learning really helps kids. It gives them, you know, some anchors to tie all these words that they're learning to. So I like that you've taken that and adapted it for older kids. And I love that you brought up anime because literally before this, my last session was a girl going off about how much she loves anime and trying to teach me all about anime. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but sure, you're teaching me something in his it. language. There's yes. language in there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also not only giving them the resources to use, but also teaching them what goals they should work on when and why, like yeah. the hierarchy of like the comprehension skills. Like if your students can't recall basic details, why are we getting them to work on critical thinking? Let's let's work. Let's let's start where they're at. Like just because they're expected in the common core or in the classroom doing X, Y, and Z, 
<laughs> we're not teachers. We're therapists. We can do where where we can work where our students are at, so they can build upon those skills. Let's the, the strength based learning. Let's not you know throw something that they're not capable of. So I also teach them and show them a framework of like I even just use Bloom's taxonomy. Like, hey, these are like where teachers are expected to get their students by the end of a session. Use that as a framework of where are your students at and where should you work on with your students. So I, you mentioned a couple things along with this, like the high interest and making sure there's not like too um, childish of graphics and things like that. What else do you think makes a good resource for an older kid? Not only, like I said, the appropriate reading level. So we want it to be, you want to know where your students are at independently, not necessarily instructionally, because we're not reading teachers. We want, we don't want to be working so hard on the decoding piece. We want to, if right. we're working on the comprehension, so knowing that like, okay. So I always tell my, my SLPs, like, assume the, the like the lowest, like, or, like, assume they're a couple grades behind mm-hmm. and let your students surprise you. And then you can bump it up, but also different length, lanes on complexity. So not all students are ready for a three-paragraph, four-paragraph story. They might only be able to attend to one paragraph. Let's yep. start there. So just knowing exactly where your students are at and where they're functioning so that they can be successful to so then build upon it. And then, again, using the different strategies to teach them differently. Like, I, I love the Einstein quote, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result in, in, in insanity, if we <laughs> keep – we like, I – Tell SLPs all the time. Our students have been exposed to main idea. They've been exposed to writing summaries in the classroom. It's not sticking. So us just practicing it more is not going to make a difference. We need to teach it differently. We need to think about, okay, why are they not doing it? And what strategies can we put in place? Okay, is it that they can't attend to the information? Do we need to chunk our sentences? Do we need to check for understanding? Do they not have the basic vocabulary? Do they not have the background knowledge of it? Like what? What is holding them back? Yeah. And what could we put in place? Some visual aids, some questioning, maybe some graphic organizers, whatever it might be. So that's also what makes my resources different is there's different lengths, different levels of complexity, but also I embed those graphic organizers and strategies right in there so that there really is no thinking involved. And um, did you have any problems translating your resources that you already had? Did anyone say that they had trouble using them once the pandemic hit and everyone had to be online or they kind of built for that anyways? So Elevate was built afterwards. Okay. Luckily, some of my SLPs were both. And luckily, by this point, most of them already know how to take a PDF and how to use it digitally using Mm -hmm. Kami, using different resources. I say, Make a screenshot of it and put it in a Google, Google Doc for all I care. Like that right. is fine. Whatever However you got to do, works. To, whatever you got to do to make it work. We also have a lot of Google slide activities that is embedded. Okay. And in future, and as now we're like in the year plus, we're going to be adding more and more boom decks as well, in, right. incorporated into the membership. But um, pre elevate and when my when the pandemic hit, I based luckily. I was starting to already create some Google resources and boom decks. So making the transition wasn't as overwhelming. The speed I had to do it was overwhelming. <laughs> but um, I did turn a lot of my PDFs either into boom decks 
or split them up so that SLPs were able to like just take the one page they needed. Mm-hmm. So I I made sure that my resources were adaptable for the time and gave them exactly what they needed so that they can be successful. Because my whole feeling is if I can help you plan in minutes and in confidently so you can do what you're doing, whatever I need to do, do to help you get there, like, let's do it. Love it. You're muted, Todd. What's the price point on on SOP Elevate? How does it, how does Ele- it, it, it's subscription, right? Yeah, so it's twenty nine a month or two seventy five annually. So you save about three months if you do it annually. So I say you get the summer for free. That's, and if you like, I'm just thinking if you do the math on that, like how much would it take me to plan this every week? <laughs> right. How much? How much am I being paid? How much is my time worth? <laughs> and to think, like a TPT resource could be five to ten dollars a pop each one. Right. So you're getting, I think each month you're getting two hundred pages of a PDF ish. Like you're getting like enough oh. for thirty days worth plus, if 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 yeah. not more. Yeah. So. Right. And then that that PDF is like is yours, right? It's mm-hmm. you have it downloaded because you said that some people are like, why don't you just give us the vault all at once? But mm-hmm. you kind of have it, but getting it piece by piece in like a digestible amount each month. Exactly, exactly. If your administrator said, "Hey, we're having some new changes into the protocols of safety and I don't know wellness in your building," and they gave you a document of like a thousand pages. Who's going to read that? But if they gave me <laughs> once a week, like mm-hmm. 10 pages, I might glance at it if I had a free chance. Yeah. So it's more likely. So I, I know my own behaviors and my own way of working. So that's kind of why, how I developed it that way. So like yeah, it. they can download it. They have it for life. I like it. it. I think yep. it's great. I, I'm jumping back. Sorry. I thought this when no. you were talking about this, the strategies. Um, and then I, got focused on telepractice. I don't, can't imagine why <laughs> I forgot to say it might this, be something you do often. I, I know. Right. Uh, so when you were talking about kind of the, giving them the strategies, I was going to say that that's something that I've noticed a lot with my students that are older is when they're younger, I can work on language without them knowing that I'm working on language. But as they get older, I have to like say, this is a strategy that you can use. And where else can you use this strategy? And this is a strategy that will help you with what? And it's more of like the not just embedding it in natural language. It's like, I need to teach you how you can do this yourself. Yes, that's also the way to get buy-in with them. If they can Mm -hmm. see why you're doing it and versus being just so random, like, oh, yes, this SLP has this fun game for me. That's awesome. But why are we doing it? They might be motivated by the game, but will they be that motivated by the skill they're working on at the exact same time? Yeah. Probably not. But if we start out the session by saying, so in class, has your (laughs) teacher ever asked you, like, hey, what's the story all about? Or can you write that down in your own words, please? And has mm-hmm. that been challenging? Because I know that's hard for me. I have, to, like, not, I have to remember it. I have to fit, put it in order. And then I have to put it down on paper. That's a lot. What if I could tell you, I'm going to give you a way to make it so much easier. Set in five simple sentences. You got this down pat. My students are like, wait, wait, wait. I can do it in five sentences? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I give, them, I give them a graphic organizer. Somebody wanted, but so then. I go watch this. Oh, that's one of my favorite ones. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I always start the same way. I go watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to convince you to go see Shrek. They're like, 
We've seen Shrek. I go, watch this. Shrek wanted a peaceful swamp, but the fairy tale, fairy tale creatures took over his swamp. So Shrek went to Lord Farquaad to ask for his swamp back. And then Lord Farquaad sent him to save Princess Fiona, and they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Did I tell you? Did I tell you everything? Did I even talk about the donkey? I didn't even talk about the donkey. <laughs> but did you get the gist of the story? Yep. yep. I mean, if, and if I even tell them, try to guess the movie with saying just the summary, they can guess it because I've given enough significant details. And I show them that. I start with that first. Like I, I, especially when I use graphic organizers, it's always I do, we do, you do. So yeah. I'm not. If I'm just giving them a graphic organizer saying, "Go to town, kid. Have fun." I could just give that to the teacher. That could be a teacher like mm-hmm. tier right. one strategy. And, and that w- is what ha- has happened to them in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They just get given this graphic organizer a lot of times, not mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, go use this. And it's like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> like, say what? Like, I don't know what goes in what, what is expected of me. And I'm not even recalling the significant, what's important enough to complete it, mm-hmm. let alone use it to then turn it. And then once we have that summary, then we need a model for our students how to turn that graphic organizer into a summary. Right. And so many times they'll be like, Shrek, Peaceful Swamp. Very exactly. cool. <laughs> it's like, like you read my mind of what has happened in therapy this week with me. Because <laughs> it happened with me like today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that a summary? If it's, yeah. Do you think that's enough to convince me to go see that movie? Like, I'm saying I'm a tough critic here to convince me to like, Get the principal to get us a bus to go on a field trip <laughs> to the movie theater. Is that going to work? Yeah. We need a little bit more detail, a little bit of juice, some fancy or sentences. So we have to, but again, we have to model. We can't assume that our students know what ex- knows how to or what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so funny because this week I had a kid come in and he logged on and the aide said, now you need to focus. Don't go off telling her about your dirt bike. And then I like immediately was like, no, tell me about your dirt bike. <laughs> and and that's what makes this- us different. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, exactly. And um, he had this whole story that was just like a jumbled mess about he crashed his dirt bike and all of this happened. And I was like, could not follow it. And he loves to tell stories. Sometimes I'm not sure if they're true or not, but he loves <laughs> to tell stories. But no one can follow his stories. So that's exactly what I did. I said, you know, I'm going to pick a movie that you know, I'm going to use this, and then we're going to do it together with the story that you just wanted to tell me. And by the end, it got so much better. And I was like, see, now you can tell someone about your dirt bike and they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> and your student was motivated by it. It was exactly. relevant and and, yep. and relevant to their world. It might not have been relevant to the power professional in the room, but it was relevant <laughs> right. to their world. So they were motivated by it. They saw the significance. They're going to be like, oh, I can see how I can use this outside of this, this therapy. This, this room. Space. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so true. And, that, and that's what it's all about, especially with your older ones, them seeing the significance, the relevance, how they can use it. How is it going to help them? Because we see them, what, 30 minutes, 60 minutes a week. I'd like to say we are magicians, but <laughs> we are we're just speech language <laughs> pathologists. So we, we need to give them the skills that they can use, that they want to use when they're not with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Love it. Well, we can't have you on our podcast without letting you plug your podcast. So tell us about your podcast. Thank you so much. So my podcast is SLP Coffee Talk, 
basically because people love to hear me say coffee and talk. That's, <laughs> and I and I love to talk and I love my coffee. So all those mm. things. And it, it um, is a fresh new episode every Monday morning to give you that jolt of inspiration that you need, just like if your cup of joe on a Monday morning. So I'm always just sharing quick therapy ideas. Episodes are 10 to 30 minutes, just enough for your commute to work. Or if you're not commuting and if you're doing teletherapy, just enough time to make a cup of coffee and go sit down at your desk or whatever. So like so that's my my podcast every Monday morning. You can go check me out there. on I'm on every podcast platform. There you go. See, and then we release on Monday morning so they can go yeah. hear you and then switch over and hear us. Exactly. There's uh, <laughs> a back by back. Uh... Yeah. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's perfect. Yeah. It's a good combination. So, Hallie, this is now the most important aspect of our podcast episode is our moment of zen. Oh. Do you feel zen-like? Sure. Sure. <laughs> so our moment of zen is really where we get to know our guests even better. And so to do that, we ask you a series of questions. And we have three different lists of questions. And we'll ask you to pick one of those lists. List A, list B, or list C. Ooh, I'm daring. Let's go. Let's go A. A. Okay. And I, I think you expect and me I, to go B. And I, I have I have one to add, just knowing that you're a Bravo fan. Can I okay. start with it? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. What would be, you know, there's the, the like the housewives like turn around and they say their little motto. Mm -hmm. What would your be your like turnaround motto moment? Uh oh, she's turning. I around. might not be a perfect SLP, <laughs> but I'm an SLP anyway. <laughs> I like it. You had it That's ready. Good. That's good. I like I had it. To turn around. I came turn up with it right around. on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> That's perfect. Or like world's okay as SLP or something like that. Yep. Yep. I like it. Great. Um, let's see. List A. What's the most used app on your phone? Probably Instagram and Facebook, I would probably have to say. Okay. What was the last TV show or movie you streamed Ooh, besides Bravo? Well, it was Bravo. So I've <laughs> been watching um, Below Deck, and I'm a little Below behind because of Asha. Mm -hmm. I'm a little behind on my episodes. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that might have probably been the last, last one. It would be Below Deck. Below Deck? I've not gotten into that one. I mean, oh, that's a good one. I've heard of that one. It's mm -hmm. a good one. All the... the the cruise ship, the uh, yachts. It's just fun. The drama of the workers there. It's just great. It's it's a different spin than like the real housewives, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. with their fancy cars and lifestyle. This is just like a different, different, different angle. Gotcha. Yeah, I like it. So what is a favorite book? Ooh, it's been probably way too long since I've read for pleasure. I know what you <laughs> like mean. A, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I will do. Can I do favorite children's book? Sure. Okay. My probably all time favorite children's book is "I Love You Forever." That's a good one by Robert Bunch. Okay, wait one. though. You have a children's book. I do. You? I noticed how I didn't even say my own. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your children's book? I do have a children's book. It was a little passion project. Um, it's Ella Bella just can't tell you. It's named after my eight year now eight year old daughter. But I wrote it when she was four and. I was pregnant with my second daughter. And yes, I get 
hounded all the time about when you're going to write one about your second kid eventually. <laughs> second kid problems. That, that second kid, yeah. Second kid problems. <laughs> it's it's like uh, my daughter is five years older than my son. So my son was the second. And he's like, did you ever take pictures of me? Because I can't find any pictures of me. You have all these pictures of the daughter, you know, my first, the firstborn. But then by the time he came along, it was like, eh. We don't need pictures. I know. And then I had a gap between my first older two and then my youngest. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, there's way more of the youngest. Cause Mm -hmm. I like realized I'm going to want to see these (laughs) when they're older. So I, there's probably like a video a day of my youngest. (laughs) But I have, I have a Nella and we call her Nella bell all the time. Mm -hmm. So that would fit with that too. Very nice. Yeah. Nella Bella just can't tell you. (laughs) Um, let's see if you could create one law or behavior that everyone had to do, what would it be? Oh, oh my goodness. What our behavior. Oh my goodness. It's a tough one. I want like trying to think of something like, like holding the door open for the person behind <laughs> you, like something as simple as that. Like just, this would be a law. Like just to be, be courteous. Hold the door. Yes, just just more courteousness. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, I'm trying to think of what happened today that like got me ticked off. So, <laughs> uh, someone slammed the door in front of you. Yeah, something simple. Oh, mm-hmm. um, who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Or alive? Ooh, Oprah. Ooh, that would be good. She's she's a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think she, she would just up. have some insightful things to sh- say. I don't know. Oh, she has a fascinating oh. life and has met fascinating people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? And you can define scary in any way you want. Ooh. Scariest thing I've done. I'm not very daredevilish, um, especially now in my older days. Um, I'm trying to think of in my younger more my goodness scariest thing parasailing i don't know (laughs) maybe that's good (laughs) i don't know that's that takes some courage for sure we have a childbirth is a common and just being a parent and answer in general is a common it was pretty scary you know I felt like it was kind of like I had no choice a little bit. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's once once num- you got to a certain phase, you're like, okay, I guess I got to go through with that. So, <laughs> yeah, having children is the number one answer on that one. Oh, interesting. So, not Paris. <laughs> having children, scariest thing ever did. Uh, I, I think it's either that or something to having to do with heights. So, yes. you're on yeah. the right track. Yeah. I'm like, right. I don't know. I've never bungee jumped, I've never skydived. You yeah. can't get me to do anything like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Ain't gonna happen for like me. I'm either. scared to go skiing nowadays, and I used to do that when I was younger. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, where is the most exotic or farthest place you've been? Israel. Very nice. Right I've, after my right after my CF year, I did a like a birthright trip to Israel. So. Very nice. I I want to go, and I've I've never been, so I'd love to go. Farthest. Um, um, if you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try? Oh, I always said I probably would be like 
like an OT, <laughs> like something like similar if I wasn't um, in the speech realm, because I could definitely not see myself as a teacher. Um, but some days I kind of wish I was like something fun, like, like I wouldn't say like, like a, a dog walker or something, but like just something very completely not speech related whatsoever. Just something right. like exact, like, oh, I always wanted to, oh. This is, it's kind of speech related, but I always, when I was younger, I always said I wanted to be like the speech therapist to the stars kids. Oh, that's cool. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Especially, like see, the, especially when you see them on Bravo going to like, speech, you know, the reality shows going to speech therapist, like that could have been me. Could have been you. And, and that could be, a, yeah, it still could be a gig it you could go could after. Be. Yeah. And if it wasn't no. for HIPAA, we could have our own like really awesome reality TV show too. <laughs> <laughs> details, details. Or it could be like the... <laughs> now I'm going crazy. Like, you know, the true identities have been changed. Like almost like um law and order, like it's yes. based on reality based on reality, but it's Names not. have been changed to protect the guilty yes. and the innocent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you guys oh, next yeah. week next year by Bravo Two. Not Bravo One, but Bravo Two. Bravo Bravo two. two. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the secret lies of SLPs while they're at the ASHA convention. You know, exactly. Maybe, yeah. that's a, that could be another one. Oh, so, I, oh, maybe 10,000 10, people would be interested in that. Right, maybe. right. I had a title that was like, um, I even had a student that when she got done with her internship gave me a notebook that said this. It was only in early intervention. So all the things that would only happen, like, you know, sitting on cat pee in someone's house and all of those things. Only in early intervention would this happen. <laughs> Totally. That, that yep. could make a reality TV show. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Again, relatable to people that are interested in it. Right, right. Done. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in Utah, Kim, uh, we did a visit in the, I don't know, well, I don't think it was you that was with me, but we went to a home and the father was sick. So we were working with this little kiddo sitting in the floor and they were in a uh, mobile home. And so very thin walls. And so on the other side of the living room where we were sitting in the floor is the bathroom. And mm. he warned us that he was sick. And so, you know, right in the middle of the session, he's in there, you know, throwing up. And <laughs> see, only as in loud early as you can imagine. <laughs> as, as loud as you can. I mean, I have never heard someone hurl that loudly before. <laughs> But that's a teachable yeah. moment. And Kid, like, what yeah. should you do when you hear this? Either I, I hear daddy. Do you hear daddy? <laughs> We're locating the sale. Where's daddy? Daddy's in the bathroom. Let's target our speech goals related to this. <laughs> this is use what you got, right? Yeah. yeah. Use your surroundings. We we, we, we used it. So, <laughs> last question. Ooh. If heaven exists, what would you want to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? What would you like in your coffee? <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, I could have been a little bit more inappropriate, but you know, I figured. Yeah, let's, you know. <laughs> hey, it's a family show. No. Um, <laughs> so, Hallie, thank you for joining us. It's been great, and good luck with everything you're doing. I'm hitting my computer uh, with everything you're doing, including uh, SLP Elevate and your podcast, and wow, everything. So, please come back and join us and six months or so and give us an update on even more that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, that was Hallie Sherman. 
Thank you again, Hallie, for joining us. Please go check out slpelevate.com. Sign up if you want to be a part of that membership. Uh, You can also listen to Hallie's podcast. You can listen to SLP Coffee Talk and then switch over and listen to us on Telepractice Today. But SLP Coffee Talk is Hallie's uh, podcast. And you can also go to her TPT store at shopsspeechtimefun.com. And she's on Instagram and all the socials. So check out what she's doing. She's doing some really great work. And we really, really appreciate her being with us today. And we appreciate you being such loyal listeners to this podcast. Please share it with others. Help us increase the number of people who are listening to this podcast. We want to grow the podcast as much as we can, and we need you to do that. It is always helpful to leave us a five-star review. That helps us to move up in the rankings and and also helps us attract more subscribers. So that's also very, very important. And until next time, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.